Welcome to Time Lapse. Your future self says, because the polar ice caps melted and we all drowned. I'm Dan Manning. And I'm Misha Stanton. Uh, so today, uh, we've got a special episode for you, our mailbag. Yeah, mailbag. We really wanted to do one when we decided we were doing a second season of the show, and I'm so glad that we had enough mails to bag, because yeah. it was looking for a second there like we wouldn't, and then y'all came through. So thanks, y'all. Yeah, thanks to all of you who sent in questions, who sent in uh, other things we should watch or read or listen to, etc. Oh my gosh, uh, so many people sent in other media that we haven't covered yet. So special shout out to those people. Thank you, Julia, Will, Angela, Kim, Nathan, and a very special shout out to Daniel Garnwriter, who sent us like a giant list of things we haven't yeah. covered yet. Like that that basically could be a whole season. I believe that uh, at the end of his email, he mentioned uh, as one of the media we could talk about Ars Paradoxa, which, huh, clever. I don't know if you guys have heard of that show. We got so many things that basically we're just going to save it for future time lapse. It seems like we have enough to keep this show going. Yeah, forever. Yeah. Uh, uh, pretty much everyone mentioned uh, why haven't we done 12 Monkeys, and it's because we almost have. We did it last season we were going to do it, and then it got bumped for something else, and then this season we're going to do it, and it got bumped for something else. And so next season, we'll probably bump it for something else. Nothing against 12 Monkeys. It's just, you know, fated to always happen that way. Yeah, um, 12 Monkeys, the movie actually has surprisingly little of its runtime focused on time travel. A lot of it is just like, is he crazy or not? When they tell you at the front of the movie, it's crazy. Yeah, I feel like if they didn't have that title crawl, it'd be better because then you wouldn't, there would be some some drama there. It's like, is he actually just crazy? Anyway, we know we haven't done 12 Monkeys yet. It's on the list. We've watched the movie. We've watched season one of the TV show. Like, we know. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it just keeps getting bumped. I'm sorry, guys. Anyway, on to questions. Yeah, some of y'all sent in some like really good broad questions about time travel fiction, and that's what we want to focus on today. Yeah. Okay, so Kyle from the Whatanauts, by the way, if you haven't listened to the Whatanauts, they're a great podcast. They talk about pop culture and stuff. They talked about us once, and it was fantastic. Yeah, they're super cool dudes. Yeah, uh, so the Whatanauts ask us, If Dan or Misha from an alternate timeline traveled to your current timeline and tried to convince you that your current reality was wrong and that this is not how the timeline should be, what would you do? Uh, there's more question here, but I'm going to quickly answer. Anything. Please, anything. You don't have to try that hard to convince me this is the wrong timeline. <laughs> this is a very dark timeline. Uh, our friends over at the Embrace the Void podcast podcast often debate if this is just a bad timeline or the worst timeline. I think it's just a bad timeline. It's not the worst timeline. The point is, if alternate Dan or Misha showed up, and believe me, Dan and I have a safe word for oh, if we show up and we're future definitely. selves. But if that ever happened, like it really would not take us very much to just go along with the, that hero's journey. Yeah. Man. So the rest of the question is, I guess, self-explanatory. Would you help alternate Dan and alternate Misha and thus correcting your timeline, possibly erasing it? Or would you resist saying that your timeline is in fact the correct one? I am going to again reiterate that this is not the correct timeline. I sure hope not. I really, really hope not. Um, but even, like, you could never convince me that I lived in the correct timeline. I would just be like, yeah, this is the one I happen to be in. I don't know that I could recognize correct or incorrect. Yeah, I think, like, the only prime timeline that I could ever really conceptualize is this one, and anything else would just be some shade of, oh, something is slightly better in my qualitative interpretation, or something is slightly worse in my qualitative interpretation, unless it turns out that, like, our timeline has been meddled about by time travelers for decades, in which case... That makes sense. In which case, don't do that, time travelers. And then maybe don't do that, time travelers. Hey, quit it. Uh, another question that Kyle asked was in response to our episode on Timeless with Malcolm Barrett. Well, 
what if they just let Garcia Flynn go? Garcia Flynn is the guy who originally steals the time machine from the Timeless crew. What if they? What if everyone in the Timeless crew just let him change history? Who would know? Who would notice? Uh, there, uh, Sally Grissom would notice. I mean, there. I don't remember her what her character's <laughs> name is. Abigail Spencer. But Abigail Spencer's character looks a lot like Kristen DiMercurio, and I just can't unsee it. Yeah, basically, like yes, sure, no one would notice, and then the the TV show wouldn't happen. Um, Rittenhouse, who is the spoilers secret villain of that show, would probably be upset, and they're the ones with like the money and power to change time. So I mean, he does try to commit some like actual historical terrorism. Like some people would die. But like, again, you can never convince me that one was correct over another. That's like, fair. It's just like what I know and recognize over what someone else thinks is slightly better. But like, who am I to judge? Who are they to judge? But who am I to judge? Speaking of our past episodes, Audrey writes us about a Futurama episode and asks, even given the somewhat hand-wavy nature of Futurama's time travel, I'm pretty sure that most of the events of Bender's big score undone by Bender telling his past selves to wait around and all come up together. Because... Without Bender coming up when he was logically supposed to, the scammers would never have gained enough power to take over Earth, and they would have never gotten rich enough to feel the need to try to kill Fry. If they had never tried to kill him, he never would have had to return to the year 2000, and the whole Lars thing wouldn't have happened. And from my perspective, this massive causality mess-up is what causes the rip in the universe, and pretty much everything after the first bit of the movie is undone. What do you think? Here's what I think. Um, in the movie, they say that the time code they use is paradox-free. It's a paradox-free time code. They get it from Robot Galaxy God. It's a paradox-free time code. Next question. Ooh, wow. Rough. Next question. Sorry, Audrey. I did not mean for that to be so harsh, but like they do say it. They do say it in the movie. Uh, our next question goes from specific responses to past things that we said to way abstract. Angela asks that she would love to hear our thoughts on eternalism or block time theory in general. She's referring to block time as in fixed time, as in whatever happens, happens. Yeah, it's, um, um, we've talked about fixed yeah. time in terms of stories before, but there is a general extrapolation that talks about our universe as it is, basically that our universe is sort of like a four-dimensional diamond, yeah. and each facet exists as mm -hmm. it exists, and you can't change anything because it is always and will be. Yeah. See, when it comes to fiction, I have a lot of love in my heart for fixed time things. The time crimes especially, I think, is the is the master of the fixed time story. Time crimes really nailed it. Um, predestination also. Actually, no, I think he, they changed the past in predestination at the at the very end. He chooses, no, they do not. It's oh, a no, fixed they, time story. Yeah, it's totally fixed time. Anyway, um, I think it's really good, especially for movies and um, single books and really anything that doesn't have a sequel. Like television is like a continuous story. And I think the thing about fixed time is that it's very fragile. Like Misha mentioned that the idea of eternalism, like we're in some kind of four dimensional like cube. It has to have a very rigid structure in order to make everything work. Uh, and the second you go into, oh, let's change the past then you really have to abandon the the block time fixed time scenario that's some, one of the things that uh, bugs me about Doctor Who is that occasionally like they'll say something is a fixed point in time and then they'll fuck with it anyway because yeah whatever we, we also talked about in our Doctor Who episode the idea that like individual episodes of Doctor Who hold up because you can do fixed time for 45 minutes in one single story but the minute you try to apply that to season arcs and long continuous stories it falls apart very quickly yeah because the thing about fixed time is you have to basically know all of the things that happen before you even start so you have to weave in the repercussions of future events at the beginning of the narrative again for um more continuous things like television shows and podcasts, sarsparadoxica.com. I, I like a more more dynamic system of time travel. Well, that's in media, but like, what about in physics? What about in like real I life? Mean, How do you feel about like, eternalism? Uh, time travel is impossible. Like, I've, uh, it's just not, you can't. Uh, 
Like, I I think time is time. Like, I think time, I don't think time is immutable. I think time is very much mutable. I just don't think that, like, we can really ever perceive those changes in a real enough way to, like, kind of have a metacognition about like what time is? Yeah, I'm with you. I think that like it doesn't matter if our universe works on fixed time or mutable time or multiverse theory because like we do not have the capacity to observe that in any way. Yeah. Unless maybe we do. Time travelers call us. John Tidor don't though. Yeah. No, it's fine. You can call us. It's whatever. Um, Next but, question. Uh, <laughs> okay. Cat asks, does speeding up slash slowing down time count as time travel? What about cryogenic stasis? Um, okay, that's a good question. We have skipped past bits of time travel movies where they do talk about, like, what about time traveling just to the future where you skip a bunch of years? Um, basically, that is time travel in the sense that living your life normally is also time travel. Technically, we are all traveling towards the future at one second per second. I believe in the Ars Writers Room, we occasionally colloquially refer to it as the long way around. I I also refer to it as Rip Van Winkle style time travel because that guy, I mean, if you want to get real specific, he falls asleep under a tree for 20 years, wakes up, it's the future. If you want to call that time travel, sure, he traveled through time, but the reason we ignore those sorts of things on time lapse is because no information changes the past like time doesn't change time just sort of fast forwards we really like focusing on how new information introduced before people are supposed to have it affects their decisions the second time around yeah future time travel is just a subset of past time travel past time travel is the real cool thing that you want because it lets you do the one fun magical thing about time travel which is go back in time to fix your past mistakes rip van winkle style time travel always just sort of feels like time tourism it it feels like it could just be another planet that star trek stops off on or another weird site for doctor who to visit you know it, it doesn't feel like the repercussions of choices are examined in any particular way when you do that kind of story not that they're bad stories it's just not what we like to focus on here on the show. Oh, the, I finally found the reference I was looking for. Uh, actually, in the uh, Mahabharata, it's a story from Hindu mythology. There is a king who uh, travels to heaven and meets uh, Brahma. And then when he comes back to Earth, like a great deal of time has passed. And that's technically the oldest reference to moving through time in a non, like, strictly linear sense. I really couldn't say that that counts as the time travel we like to examine. There is a there is a book I read called, I believe it was like The Door in the Lake or The Light in the Lake or something, where it's about a kid who gets abducted by aliens, and for him it's a day, but when he comes back, like four years have passed because the aliens who abducted him travel at faster than light speeds, so he gets relativityed. Uh, and I believe at the end they take him back to his rightful time because if you can go fast and light, you can go back in time. So, like, fucking, you want to break physics, get at me. Um, um, there's there's actually a book that I read in my childhood called The Thief of Always by Clive Barker. Basically, uh, orphans and runaways come to this house where uh, every day they experience all the holidays of the year and it's everything a child could dream, but eventually one of the children escapes and you find out that for every year that passed in 24 hours that they experienced, a year passed on the outside and they they like defeat the house and they defeat the evil spirit that's trapping the children there and then they come out and they're all returned to wherever they were taken from and like I said, like only the part where they're returned to their previous time does that constitute time travel in the sense that we like to discuss on time lapse. Once they have lived lived experiences and then gone back to be able to make different choices that affect things in different ways. That's really our jurisdiction. Anyway, I think it does that answer the question. I hope it answers the question. Mm-hmm. 
we're kind of we're kind of doing this one on the fly, guys. So our next question comes from Aaron, who asks. Which system of time travel do you like the most or find the most interesting? The fixed timeline where time travelers can't... We, we just talked about fixed time. The dynamic timeline where they can change things. Or the multiverse where whenever something is changed, a new universe is created where the time traveler changed something in addition to a universe where they never existed. Well, I can't speak for Misha, but I will. Um, and Ars Paradoxica has that middle one, the dynamic timeline. Yeah, and... I, I feel like in... In our work personally, we have sort of answered the question of which we prefer because yeah. we wrote a story with the one we prefer. Well, because the, the, I think the, the thing about a fixed timeline is that it has to be very precious and it is very fragile and delicate. And you can make a very gorgeous, elaborate story with it, but you can only make one gorgeous, elaborate story with it. And we wanted to write a serial. Yeah, and we wanted to write a serial story. And also a thing about the multiverse is that as much as multiversal stories are great, like there's kind of low stakes because, oh, you fork off into a new branch of the multiverse and then, I don't know, you fork off into another branch of the multiverse and then another and then there's not really stakes. So a more dynamic timeline where there's one single timeline, but that can be constantly rewritten and edited, etc., is I think my personal favorite. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, it gives you that perfect balance of stakes and chance for success that is sort of, you know, if, if fixed time has no chance for success and multiverse has no stakes, the dynamic timeline sort of sits right right in the middle of that lovely horseshoe. I don't know. It's it's the most fun to play with narratively from a writer perspective anyway. Yeah. Iona Luna asks us... Um, oh, hi, Iona Luna. Iona Luna's a big fan of Ars yeah. Paradoxica. We talk to them great. all the time. Thanks for writing in. Uh, they ask, uh, which tropes would you like to see more of in time travel media? Oh, I would love to see more homebrewed time travel, right? So mm -hmm. not, not built up but from like a government perspective or has a lot of money, but like someone who builds it in their garage. Like Primer. Like Primer, yeah. like Project Almanac. Mm -hmm. um, but that those people having knowledge of time travel and media that like they're aware of the tropes and you know it's kind of like when a few years ago zombie fiction was all the rage and then there were a couple of zombie stories like Zombieland. yeah um oh, that, love that movie where like the people experiencing the zombie apocalypse had read stories about zombie apocalypses and like knew what was going on right the opposite of the walking dead where they're like walkers or crawlers or shamblers and they just or... never say the word zombie they're Ugh. clearly zombies like i want more stories where someone who's working on their own still has enough self-awareness of their situation to sort of navigate more effectively than someone who has no idea what's going on. Yeah, so like Primer, but they've seen Bill and Ted. Yeah, like Project Almanac, but they all watch Back to the Future. Like the guy from Time Crimes, but he's big on Doctor Who. Like Doctor Who, but someone told him what was wrong with his show. Oh, boom, got like, him. Uh, personally, I really like it when there is a great deal of thought and detail that is that is put into the various forking timelines. I'm a sucker for detail, both period and otherwise. Another thing that I think is important about time travel stories is that sometimes some people, I'm pointing at myself right now, you can't see it, but some people neglect some of the finer details of being in the past. But when those pieces of, of period detail are thought of and really added to the narrative, you can really create something strong. Basically, I like seeing a fusion of time travel as uh, history tourism and time travel as going back in time to fix your past mistakes. Well, there was a really good scene in Predestination where they go back to like 1965 or something and uh, Ethan Hawke's character pulls out a briefcase and the briefcase just has 
various currency from various different time periods and like they know to be aware that they have to use the right currency otherwise they'll stand out taking into account the detailed specific realities of traveling to another time from your own i also like when time travel is a spice not the main yeah. course um one of the classic examples that we already covered this season was Dirk Gently. Mm -hmm. um, Dirk Gently is clearly a time travel story, and time travel features very prominently in the story, but it's only one part of what's going on. It's yeah. just kind of casual and in the background. And Twelve like, Monkeys. Twelve no. Monkeys is similarly, like, it's as much as it takes place in the relative past and is about trying to save the future, I think it's more, like, once he goes back that, like, final time, I guess, he pretty much stays in the past, and it's really only there to, like, set the stage of what they're trying to do, and, like, I it's guess, not... I guess, but, I mean, that's talking about the movie. If you're talking fair. about the TV show, it has a more central focus on here's a mission, we're trying to change the past, this is what the whole problem is about, mm -hmm. and Dirk Gently really sort of takes it all in stride and incorporates it in a larger story in a way that a lot of other time travel stories, ourselves included, we're, we're guilty of this as well. They sort of give it more prominence to the point where maybe the rest of the story doesn't quite add up yeah, in the same well, way. I, I will argue that uh, that was part of our DNA, was that like time travel should be a spice in most places. What if we did time travel as a flavor and like really tried to go for it and really tried to like nail it? Um, but That's I don't want to. I mean, we did our best. You, you guys will have to tell us how well we're doing. I feel like the people listening to this podcast probably think we're doing okay. Yeah, Ars Paradoxia season three will be back at you in October. Are yeah. we allowed to say that? I think so. I mean, are, are we allowed to say more than that? I don't think so. I think okay. that's as far as we can go for now. Yeah, this is um, chronologically for Daniel and myself the first time we have ever said in public, Ars Paradoxica season three will return in October. And uh, it will be back. I yeah. promise. Like, we're coming back. It's going to be very good. Um, yeah, this is not the end of time lapse, neither. Um, this is the end of time lapse this season. And I feel like that's a good place to start wrapping up. Yeah, we generally have been doing when we've been doing time lapses because we haven't been doing Ars Paradoxica. So uh, you will likely hear more time lapse the next time we're not doing Ars Paradoxica. Well, but also since we started doing this, we also launched a, a mini network. So really, yeah. we're not constrained by that anymore either. It, it's really just what form more time lapse will take and when. But uh, we're coming back. We'll come back. We'll probably do it. We'll uh, almost certainly postpone 12 Monkeys at least one more time. <laughs> uh, until then, thanks you, thank you for listening. Thank you for sending in these questions. They were really great questions. We had a lot of fun. And for just sticking with us for another season of just some really dumb bits. Really, really dumb bits. They were bad bits. Why did you encourage us, guys? Uh, I really want to thank Eno Freeman Broadman for the use of his track Leather Ice Cream, uh, which is used in the intro and outro of our program. Uh, that's off of the album uh, Nature vs. Industry Remastered, uh, a link for which is on our website. You can find that on Bandcamp because we also use that music in Ars Paradoxica. Is that the same album that... It sure is. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, Eno only has that one album, so... He's a filmmaker. He's a friend of mine. Also, about um, Ars Paradoxica, right now, if you're not up on the Ars Paradoxica feed, we just put up a weird little special called Time Swimmers that we made in production with the Koch Brothers Mystery Show. It is weird and wacky and very time travel filled. Um, I, I'm not going to say if you like Ars Paradoxica, you'll love Time Swimmers. I will say there is a high, high chance you will like Time Swimmers regardless of whether or not you like Ars Paradoxica. In fact, I'd say if you hate Ars Paradoxica, you might actually be more likely to enjoy Time Swimmers. Thank you once again for listening, for sticking with us for 11 more episodes. We'll be back in the future. And until next season, have a nice time lapse. Have all the nice time lapses. You know what? We made 20 of them for you. Jeez, isn't that enough? You take and you take and I, I just, I can't give anymore. Lapse.
a product of the Whisper Forge. <laughs>